Hello and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, the sickest New York Giants podcast on the planet. But you already know that I'm your host, Desmond Novak. Welcome to episode 31. Going to be breaking down what exactly went wrong against the Rams and what us Giants fans can expect heading into the final game of the season against the Eagles. Let's get into it. Turn up your volume because you're about to listen to the sick podcast giant central incomplete and the ball game's over and the giants have won super bowl 46 the sickest new york giants podcast it's gonna be sick All right, y'all, this one goes out to my college football fans out there. As you already know, the championship is here. It's on its way, and DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five smackaroos on the championship game. So download the app now and use code 6sports. As again, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five bucks on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code 6sports. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Or if you're in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, but with that out of the way, going to be getting right into Giants, friend. Before I get into that, just going to say, if you can't tell, I'm still a little under the weather, but I'm still going to push through for y'all. Uh, This was one of the best and most exciting games, I'll say, that I've seen from the Giants all season long. But unfortunately, uh, it it was spoiled due to some very poor decision-making by both coaches and players. The game didn't mean anything for the Giants. Like, they obviously had no playoff implications or anything. But it would have been nice to see them play spoiler for the Rams because a loss for L.A. would have muddied their playoff chances a good bit. But instead, the Giants lost 25 to 26 in a pretty embarrassing way. Uh, getting to the offense a bit. Tyrod Taylor had one of the funniest games I've seen from a quarterback in a while, not even just Giants. He also had one of the best games I've seen from a Giants quarterback and in terms of like the kind of throws or throw he made. Because honestly, this is I, I tweeted this. This is the second week in a row I've seen Tyrod Taylor make a pass that I haven't seen a Giants quarterback complete since Eli Manning retired, which is just, you know, saying something. He had one of the prettiest deep balls we've seen all season, really, regardless of team, to Darius Slayton. It was an 80-yard touchdown, had 55 air yards, according to the commentary booth, which, again, according to them, was the most all season. I believe after they, like, did more research into it, it was, like, the second most. But still, very impressive throw. One of the prettiest passes, like, Hit Slayton perfectly in slide in stride. Second pass like that we've seen from him in the last two weeks. Just a great, great pass. And then he also went on to miss some of the easiest passes I've ever seen. Had Darren Waller running left, <coughs> wide open. I'm not going to say it would have been a touchdown, but it would have been at least a first down and a very big yardage gain. There was no one really ahead of him, except probably a safety downfield. Missed him. Had Saquon open a few times. Didn't hit him as well. Then... There's a two-point conversion that everyone's been talking about. I understand going for it. Like, this isn't me blaming the coaches yet. The Going for two there is the right decision. Mason Crosby missed the extra point that the play before. It's coming off a, a ridiculous punt return from Gunnar Oshetsky. I'm sorry if I mispronounced his name. I've never understood how to say or spell it and whatever. Um, it was a great play call, too. It resulted in what should have been a very easy touchdown. It was basically Tyrod's task with the simple decision of either run to the pylon and walk in or dump it off to Saquon 
and he walks in. And instead, Tyrod decided to do a bit of both, and he basically ran for longer than he probably should have and then just threw it at Saquon's feet. Uh, And then even after that, this is where I'm going to start getting upset at the coaches. The Giants had another chance to win it, though. They got the ball left with a minute eight on the clock. But unfortunately, because they burned all of their timeouts in stupid ways like they seemingly do every week, they had no timeouts left. But on the second play of the drive, Tyrod runs it 31 yards, gets him set up in like, it's technically field goal range, but like it's Mason Crosby. He already missed a PAT. And when Tyrod spiked the ball, there's 42 seconds left in the clock. They don't have timeouts. Plenty of time, though, if you're at the 40-something yard line. <clears throat> to drop a couple plays and get something going, you know? That didn't happen. The Giants basically gave up after that. They ran the ball with Saquon, lost two yards, and then threw a pretty just, like, we-don't-care pass to Wandale Robinson. And, again, gave up, settled for a Mason Crosby 54-yard field goal in not 2024, yeah, 2023. And, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure, as you all know, and could have guessed, because I knew he was going to miss, he missed. He like he was not going to hit that field goal. Everyone knew that, but I don't even blame Crosby. I don't I don't blame Mason Crosby because how do you watch this guy who's 39 years old, by the way? Shout out him for sticking around this long in the league. Um 39 years old. You signed him last week and missed the PAT this game, but yet you settle for a 54-yard field goal. It's like I'm sure like I, I doubt they were like trying to lose, but at the same time, like winning doesn't do them much. So like you know, whatever, but still not to mention when you kick the field goal, there's 30 seconds left. Like they, if they had actually cared to try and get a drive going, they could have gone further down the field. <laughs> like I just, I don't get what they were doing. It's just, again, some bad coaching and it's not to the point where it's like, I, I want Brian Dable gone or anything. It's just, it's annoying to watch unfold because like it's another winnable game. And sure you could argue with me whether or not winning games is a good thing right now, but it, it it doesn't make it any better. Like just watching some very poor coaching go down and essentially ruin what could have, you know, been a winnable game. Um, some other noteworthy occurrences from this game, the offensive line fucking sucked again. I, I mean, it's just painful and embarrassing watching this line jog out week in and week out and just consistently play like garbage. And it all falls back on Bobby Johnson. Uh, but in terms of like specific players, John Michael Schmitz had his worst game of the season. He couldn't make easy run blocks. He couldn't pick up stunts again. Looked bad in pass block or pass protection. Uh, ben Bredesen, Justin Pugh looked terrible. They've both regressed a ton this season. I mean, everyone basically has regressed. I mean, Andrew Thomas is playing injured, but still he's not looking like he used to. Um, and back to them, like everyone regressing, it just all continues to fall back on Bobby Johnson. But the good news is all signs that I've seen and that I've heard pointed Bobby Johnson being fired or like there's no way that he comes back. And if he isn't, then this front office is a lot worse than I originally thought, because the only reason that they'd really be keeping him at this point is like personal relationships. Like Bobby Johnson came from the bills. He knows Brian Dable. He knows Joe Shane. And so if they basically keep him because they're buddies, then that's just a joke. And like the front office needs to go at that point because Bobby Johnson and his awful coaching has held this team back a ton because they they're consistently spending money and draft picks on these linemen and none of them are producing because 
Bobby Johnson's a shit offensive line coach. And sure, I don't see what's going on in practice, but I don't need to see what's going on in practice. I look at the way Bobby Johnson talks, the way he carries himself, the way he talks about his players, and the fucking performances from the players. That's all I need to see to know that he's not a good coach. I mean, the guy straight up admitted to not doing any individual work with Evan Neal over the offseason. How the fuck do you do that? How do you take your seventh overall pick, who struggled a lot his rookie season, and do no work with him in the offseason? Do no individual work with him during training camp? How? How do you do that? How is an offensive line coach allowed to do that? That It's, it's just mind-boggling to me. But it, it, there's just no way he comes back because I, I refuse to believe that Joe Shane can sit up in his office, look at how every single offensive lineman the Giants have drafted or signed has regressed since Bobby Johnson joined the Giants and choose to keep him around. Like, think about it. Evan Neal, some saw him as a generational tackle prospect, has been one of the worst offensive linemen in the NFL. John Michael Schmitz was seen as the best center prospect in the entire draft, has looked like Pretty mediocre in his first season, which, like, yeah, that's fine. He's probably going to get better. Um, Mark Lewinsky, one of the more solid guards in the NFL, plays like dog shit the second he joins the Giants. John Feliciano, a versatile, good offensive guard, plays like shit with the Giants the second he leaves, back to being good again. Like, this shit isn't a coincidence. Look at Tyree Phillips. Tyree Phillips was fine with the Giants. He leaves to go to the Eagles, immediately looks like a starting offensive lineman the second he comes back. Like, you can't make this up. It's not a coincidence. Like, it's it's in plain sight of how much better almost every offensive line coach treats and coaches their players better than Bobby Johnson. And it's annoying that this rant has to happen so often, but it's so frustrating to watch happen. Like, I watch a lot of football, man. I watch a lot of fucking football. And when I'm watching these offensive lines that on paper should not be good at all, just continue to look better than the Giants, it's mind-boggling. The Giants have two top five, two top 10 picks at each tackle spot. One of them is good. They have a uh, former consistent starter, good offensive guard that now sucks. They have a the guy who is seen as the best center prospect in the in the college football. Had his worst game of the season by far, and has consistently looked worse as the season's gone on. And then Ben Bredesen, who like him even being like not that great is still like impressive to me because like he had no expectations. Uh, but still, he looked good last year, doesn't look good now. Like everyone has regressed. And I, I refuse to believe that the that Joe Shane's gonna look at that and bring Bobby Johnson back. And if he is, man, maybe Joe Shane needs to go. Because if you're that blind to what's going on, then you probably shouldn't be a GM, man. Straight up. Uh, but other things that happened in this game now that that's done with. The Giants finally decided to treat Wondell Robinson like he was actually on the team again. And, you know, this might come as a surprise. It, it worked out. He had six catches for 55 yards, a 24-yard rushing touchdown. I think that's the first rushing touchdown of his career. The Giants are so inconsistent with the way they use him. And it doesn't make sense to me because whenever he gets the ball, he makes something happen. Like, whenever Wondell Robinson is on the field, good things happen. And they consistently... Don't give him the targets he should be getting. Is he a wide receiver one? No. He's a good, creative, uh, what's the word I'm thinking, a Swiss army knife of a slot receiver. That's what Wondell Robinson is. And guys like that can make a big difference in your offense like he did this week, like he has several times throughout the season, but yet they're never consistent with his usage. Uh, the last thing I'll talk about on offense, 
<clears throat> this might spiral into me talk about the whole bigger problem. Saquon had another pretty uneventful game. <coughs> Ran the ball 12 times for 39 yards, which is like a three point uh 3.2, I don't know, yards per carry. Caught three passes for 19 yards, had a couple of drops. And the problem is with Saquon, regardless of if it is his fault or not, he's not creating much for the Giants offense, which is why I completely, I wanted to re-sign him. I'll say that much, but I completely understood why people were so hesitant because it's almost foolish to spend big money on a running back who's probably based on just the history and track record with running backs, like two or three years out from his prime being done with, you know, it's almost foolish to spend anywhere from 10 to 13 million annually on a guy when the rest of the team around him fucking sucks. And because of that, he's unable to create anything like right now, Saquon's up to a thousand yards, but he's barely out. He's at like 4.0 yards per carry and only has four touchdowns on the season. Like he's not playing. And I don't think it's his fault. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying this is Saquon's fault. He's not playing to a pro bowl level. And again, it's not his fault. It's a, it's the offensive line. It's the poor, you know, run scheme. It's all of that. But then again, regardless of if it's his fault, if it's not working, why pay him? Like, I, I, I want to. I want to keep him around because I think if we can get this team back to where we need to be, like last season, when things look good last season, having a guy like Saquon is very, very, very important. But when you have a season like this, and God knows what's going to happen in 2024, is it really worth paying that much money for a running back? I, I, I just, I have a hard time saying that it is. Um, out of the defense, so a very up and down game. Had some big time moments, but overall had was very sloppy. Uh, to start the game, things looked pretty bad. They were running a very soft zone, which just isn't Wink Martindale-esque. Uh, and the Rams are just eating it up. Like, shout out Sean McVay for continuously being one of the better offensive-minded coaches in the NFL. Just at, like, the speed in which, and this also goes to Matthew Stafford, too, who's, like, seemingly getting underrated by NFL fans, which I've never understood because Matthew Stafford, he's a Hall of Famer. I'd say Matthew Stafford's probably, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, especially after the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Um... He's a Hall of Fame talent. And the, the way he was processing and reading defense is just the split second the ball was snapped was just like, fuck, man. I wish the Giants had a quarterback that could do that. I mean, really, they were getting the ball out so, so fast. And then the commentators were, were noticing it. It was ridiculous. And then, you know, when he started running more creative blitzes and all that, and they started to force Matthew Stafford to make some mistakes. Uh, Dean Belton had two interceptions. They were both like some of the easiest picks I'm at you'll ever see a safety get. But at the end of the day, he still got him. And he also had a fumble recovery. Like he had a good game, which is good because he's been pretty fucking bad this season. Like Dane Belton has not been good, regardless of if it's coverage or against the run. Um, shout out Bobby Okereke again, though, has continued to look like probably the best defensive player on the Giants. I, I still want to say Dexter Lawrence, but I'll say like Dexter Lawrence is hurt. He's very clearly playing her. He's on a pitch count, so like the production isn't going to be there. And despite Dexter Lawrence's production not being there, Bobby Okereke's has been there all season long. I mean, he's played every single snap. One of three players to do so, I believe. So like, if someone were to tell me he's the most... I, I, okay, here's this. I won't say he's the best defensive player in the Giants. I'll say he's the most valuable. 
looking at this defense last season compared to now with Bobby Okereke, it's so much better because he's there. Dexter Lawrence had just about as good, if not a better season last year. <coughs> and the Giants defense looked way worse because they didn't have a good linebacker. And now Bobby Okereke comes in, has an all-pro level season, and the defense looks fucking incredible. Uh, this game, he had 10 tackles, sack and a half, tackle for loss. Wink gave him some very nice, like, delayed blitzes that really caught the Rams off guard and worked very well. And it was interesting because usually they use, like, Micah McFadden as the pass rusher. Like, that's kind of what I, he was, like, drafted for, like a good, like, blitzing linebacker. So it was kind of nice to see Wink switch it up because it definitely affected the Rams' offensive line. Like, they weren't expecting it. Uh, on the more negative side of things, though, Adore Jackson has to fucking go. Like, he, I, I'm so tired of Adore Jackson, man. Uh, from what I've seen on film with his body language, he, he's basically given up. He's not taking contact. His body language just tells me he, he just doesn't fucking care. And it all really came to a boiling point when uh, he went to tackle Puka Nakua, like, out of bounds, and then just let go of him before he actually went out of bounds, thinking that, like, maybe he was just going to run out for him. And then Puka took off for 80 yards down the field instead of a Kyron Williams touchdown. It's just like shit like that is like, what are you doing? Like, if you don't want to be here, don't fucking play. And like he said, like, oh, I want to be a giant. But like, I don't I like I, I never believe things like that. Like, look at other sports like Kyrie Irving. The amount of times he said he's going to be on a team for life. You know, not saying Adore Jackson's Kyrie Irving, but like, I, I don't ever believe when athletes say stuff like that, because it's all like getting the public on their side and like setting things up nicer for their agents and all that. Um, speaking of Puka Nakua though, I just want to say this, the commentary team for this Giants game was one of the most annoying duos I've ever seen. It was Mark Sanchez and some other guy. And this is more uh, to uh, Mark Sanchez. I've never seen like someone be so blatantly, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of here, biased towards a player like Mark Sanchez was this game. And it wasn't, it was like bad. Like Mark Sanchez was like, oh, look at Puka Nakua on this block here. You know, he's really doing all the dirty work. And then they replay the, the it was a, I think it was a Kyron Williams touchdown. They replay it and he didn't even block anyone. <laughs> like in the, in his, his partner even said, he's like, what are you talking about? Like he didn't block anyone. And it's just like, I can't stand when announcers do that. Like Puka Nakua is a special talent. He's a great player. If you want to get excited when he does something, sure. But like, we're talking about him as a pass blocker at receiver, man. Like we don't care. You don't have to bring that up, especially when he's not actually when he's not actually blocking anyone. Um, but back to Adore Jackson, though. Uh, for this game, he allowed six receptions on eleven targets for 135 yards. I did the math for an article for Gman HQ. And he's given up like 370 yards and a touchdown in his last three games. Like, he's been really, really bad. Uh, I'll say defensively, not too much else in terms of like noteworthy things, whether it be good or bad, aside from another quiet Kayvon Thibodeau game. But like, with two games left in the season, man, I don't care. Like, hey, it's it's done for. He's probably going to make a Pro Bowl in a second season. He's had a great overall year, but very productive. Not the most consistent, but he that will come. So I don't I don't care about that random December game against the Rams. Uh, shout out Gunnar Oshetsky, though. One of the best punt returns I've ever seen, like period, let alone from a Giants guy. I believe the longest in Giants history. I know the broadcast booth said it was uh, Amani Toomer who said it in 98, I believe, with 94 yards. 
no, 93, and then Gunners was 94. But then I think Dan Duggan said some dude in 1920 had like a 96-yard return at that point. Like, come on, man. That 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 guy isn't real. Like that, we don't we don't care about 1920s football. They they had did they even have helmets in the 20s? Or was it like did they even have the leather, the leather caps at that point? Like I like I don't care about what that dude did. Like I almost said Puka. Uh Gunner. Gunner was just incredible. Uh finally nice to see the Giants have a consistent punt returner again. It's something I've really harped on all season long. And if you know me, I've harped on for a while. I heard the Giants have not had a good return game since Dwayne Harris left. And when you look at the guys they've had, like, what's his face? Uh, Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond was on the Giants and then leaves, go to the lot, goes to the Lions, and then looks like an all-pro, Pro Bowl level returner. And Khalif Raymond was doing returns for the Giants. I'm pretty sure Khalif Raymond even had a, st- a state in Baltimore in which he looked good as a returner. But like we let go of them. It's just frustrating to see. I just oh man, I remember Dwayne Harris. I, I'm trying to think of this guy. I always used to mix up Dwayne Harris with that played for the Giants and the Cowboys. And I remember his career ended because someone got arrested and said that they were him. <laughs> so like someone got arrested, say they said that they were him, and then he got cut and no one ever signed him again. I'm trying to remember what his name was. He was a receiver. Because I think he, I think he did returns for the Cowboys after Dwayne Harris left. I can't remember his name though. Just a, a funny side note to really, you know, make fun of Cowboys fans, I guess. But enough of that game. Out of the Giants, Eagles, not too much. Obviously, I do all my, you know, pregame stuff on Fridays. Don't expect the Eagles to rest anyone going into this game. They're currently tied with the Cowboys in terms of their normal record and their head-to-head record, and they, they want to win this division. Nick Sirianni's too much of a dickhead to really just settle from you know, just making the playoffs. So fully expect the Eagles to come out guns blazing. They're going to, they're going to want to blow the giants out. They're going to want to win 40, nothing and just go into the playoffs with momentum. So fully expect what could very well be a bloodbath. I mean, the giants did, did decently the last time they played the Eagles. I mean, they came close, you know, you could, you could argue they were a couple of penalties and, you know, mistakes from the refs away from winning. You could also argue they should have won in the first place without that. You also could argue that the game was closer than it should have been. Regardless, this is going to be an interesting game. I really want to see the Giants play spoilers because fuck the Eagles, but I, I kind of doubt it. It, it. You know, the Eagles are going to go, be going into this game with way more under their belt than the Giants. So, whatever. More analysis about that game on Friday, though. But with that being said, I'm going to wrap up this episode here. Thank you so much for watching. Please remember to like, comment, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you're reminded of every time we drop a new episode. Thank you again for watching, and I'll see y'all in the next one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.